Hello and welcome to The Dad Whisperer. I'm your host, Dr. Michelle Watson, and I'm so thrilled you're joining me again today. And even though the focus here on The Dad Whisperer is on the dad-daughter relationship, the tools that you'll glean here also work with your sons too. And the reason for that is because it's all about you as a father becoming more equipped so that you can intentionally and consistently pursue the hearts of your daughters and your sons. And I'm sure you have this down by now, but if you're a new listener, I want to review the template that works as a grid to guide the conversation each week. On your mark, get set, go. So dads, picture yourselves standing side by side each other, getting ready to run your fathering race this week. And I'm on the sidelines as your coach saying on your mark, get set, Go. On your mark is the theme or the topic. Get set as I fill that in with stories and stats. And go is always your action steps so that you can put your love for your daughters and your sons into action this week. Well, today I'm excited to have a guest coach joining me who is a return guest by the name of Mark Allen Shelsky. And he's now on record as joining me here more than any other guest. And it's truly a joy to have him here again with me today. Mark is first and foremost a husband and a dad to two kids, one daughter, one son, and he's a teaching elder at Bridge City Community Church in Milwaukee, Oregon, where he has served for 22 years and is the author of two books now. The first is Discovering Your Authentic Core Values and one of my all-time personal favorites, and I truly mean that. The name of it is The Wisdom of Your Heart, Discovering the God-Given Purpose and Power of Your Emotions. And I have great news for you. That book was just released last month as an audio book, so you will definitely want to check it out on Amazon. He's also the host of a bi-monthly podcast called The Apprenticeship Way, and he writes about intentional spiritual growth at his website, which is just Mark Allen Shelsky, which I'm sure you need me to spell for you because that's a unique name, M-A-R-C-A-L-A-N. S-C-H-E-L-S-K-E.com, MarkAllenChelsky.com. Well, thanks for being here. Welcome, Mark Allen Chelsky. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much, That Michelle. was something to get through, wasn't it? Your name. I should have had you spell it. <laughs> I, I have been spelling it for a while now. <laughs> there you go. I remember it took me a while to learn how to pronounce your last name, but I got it down now because, right. again, you've been on here so many times. <laughs> I think you're going to be my all-time, like, if I ever need somebody in my back pocket, pick up the phone, call Mark, get Perfect. over here. Perfect. We've got this down. Well, today, the On Your Mark title is The Impact of Gender on the messages we receive about emotions. And you have done a lot of research, study, writing on this topic. And I know we're going to delve into this today, and you are going to shed some really significant light on how gender shapes us with the way we view emotions, right? I, I think that is where we're going to go. There it is in a <laughs> nutshell. Well, let's get started. So, Mark, when you were on the Dad Whisperer, I guess that was back in November, December of 2017. What I want you to know is that I so appreciated the way that you just vulnerably unpacked some of your emotional recovery journey, which was so refreshing, right? How many men do this? I I don't say that in a derogatory way against men in any way, but would you agree at all that that isn't always as comfortable for men? It tends to be something that a lot of men are more internal about. It's something that they're not as comfortable talking about, it seems. Right. So this is where you lead in your book and in your podcast as a pastor. This is your heart, I know, is to really bridge the gap for men and women to look at their emotions. But we're going to talk about that gender influence today. So how about you just set the foundation today by just filling us in on where you've been at since we talked last? Well, sure. Uh, You know, the, the book, Wisdom of Your Heart, it came out about 18 months ago. And part of publishing a book is talking about a book a lot, right? And so you're right. doing interviews like this and you're 
speaking places and you're putting it out online and getting emails. And so I've had lots and lots of conversations with people about this idea of growing emotionally as a part of our faith. And uh, I've learned uh, a, a number of things in those 18 months. I've learned that this is a really important topic. A lot of people are hungry for information about this. They're not hearing about it in their church oftentimes. They're finding struggles that um, maybe the tools they have are spiritual tools, but they need something to go with that to help them dig into this part of their life. Well, I also learned that um, I missed something. I had a blind spot, something that um, if I was writing the book today, uh, there would definitely be a whole chapter, maybe a couple of chapters on this missing piece. Okay, tell us more about the missing piece. I love the, I love that lead-in. Fill us in. <laughs> well, uh, in order to get there to the missing piece, let me just touch on a couple of the important premises of the book. First, first, uh, we have to come to terms with this idea. Emotions are something good. Emotions are, are something good. Right. They're not something that we should hide from. They're not something we should deny. They're not something we, we have to repress in order to be good people or good Christians. Our emotions are a part of how God created us. And they have a good purpose in our lives. And so if they're good, then part of growing up is we need to understand them. Exactly. Exactly. And like you said, and I can say for myself, growing up in the church, doing my own recovery journey, I haven't always gotten that message. It's that maybe the happy, joyful emotions are good, right? but the angry or too much sad right. kind of emotions aren't good or even bad. So tell us more. Well, uh, I think that um, a lot of folks in our culture, and certainly many folks in our churches, uh, feel a disconnect uh, from their emotions, or maybe feel overwhelmed by their emotions, like the emotions just sort of sweep in on them, and they feel like they have no control. And in a lot of families, I think particularly Christian families, because mm -hmm. of some of the messages we've been given, there's a lot of fear and there's a lot of denial around our emotions and what they mean. And we tend to run the other way, which means that instead of becoming skilled and mature, at handling and understanding our emotions, we become skilled at numbing or medicating mm -hmm. or distracting ourselves, doing anything that we can to avoid the discomfort that comes with our emotions. And so that's really the whole focus of the book, The Wisdom of Your Heart, that we can learn to hear wisdom in our emotions, that God intends our emotions for a good purpose, even the hard emotions, and that part of the process of growing, maturing, or growing up in Christ is to learn how to handle them in a mature and responsible way. Mm -hmm. So one part of that process, and this leads to my missing chapter, one part of the process is that one of the ways we learn uh, the wisdom in our emotions is that we understand that the story we carry about our past has shaped the way we respond to the circumstances in our lives. Now, this is something we've talked about in the past, right? Mm -hmm. We all carry these stories, these narratives, which are not just like the facts of what happened to us. They're the meaning We've overlaid on those facts, right? Something happened in our lives, and because of that, that means this about us, that we're weak or that we're not valuable or that we're not loved. And those stories that we carry, they shape the way we see ourselves, they shape the way we see other people, and that means, this is the crucial point, these stories shape the way we emotionally respond to the world around us. Mm, that is so good, Mark. I can honestly say from my own healing journey. And when I think about the fact that for the last couple decades, I've sat with people up close and personal to their pain, to their stories in my counseling office, is that this is something that comes up all the time. I mean, whether it's excessive anger or anxiety, depression, 
right? Those are just mm-hmm. a few right. of the complex emotions that I don't believe Christians are always equipped to know how to deal with. Mm-hmm. And so when I think about being invited into what I would call holy ground, sacred space with people, where they're allowing me to witness those emotions and they're trusting me with the stories, it is such a profound thing for me. Is that what you've found in your roles? Well, it is a very sacred space. It's this inner world that is so important that our whole life comes from this inner place. Mm-hmm. And and so we need to we need to understand what's happening with these stories that shape us. So some of us have had very powerful experiences like trauma. Some of us have had experiences like abuse. But it doesn't have to be that. It could be just seemingly mundane experiences where we had some kind of interaction with a parent or some kind of interaction with someone that we loved and trusted. And that interaction has kind of marked us in a deep way and we've attached meaning to it. And that changes the way we see our value, our identity, uh, how we see and relate to other people. And so being able to handle our emotions in a mature way means being conscious, being aware of how these various experiences have shaped us. You know, so when we're, when we're in the middle of that emotional reaction, we need to be able to say, and this is, this is a, an example of what mature emotions are like, we need to be able to say, hey, wait a minute, am I reacting right now to what's really going on in front of me? Or am I reacting in part to something that happened in my past? Excellent, excellent. Right? And so this is where we get to the missing chapter because it turns out there's a pretty major life experience that happened in the past for all of us that I hardly talked about at all. And this will be true for every single dad listening, guaranteed 100%. It'll be true for every daughter that he cares about. That major life event is our experience of living in our gender. Okay. That is powerful. Because I don't know that this is talked about a lot. We just think I'm a man, you're a woman. So I want, I want you to unpack that a little bit more. Tell us more. Well, I'm I'm kind of embarrassed that I didn't have a whole chapter on this because as soon as I heard people talking about this and saw it, it seemed so obvious. I mentioned it in passing in one paragraph. There's a single end note about it, but it, that's not enough because this is probably one of the earliest filters that shapes our emotional responses, and it may be one of the biggest. See, gender influences the way we experience emotion in, in many ways. Uh, first, gender has an influence on the basic chemistry that's a part of your emotional response system, Mm -hmm. right? You have a certain level of testosterone. You have a certain level of estrogen. These hormones directly impact the part of your brain that shapes emotion. But there's more than that. There's this other part that's deeper than basic wiring and chemistry. And that's something that we call your gender enculturation. Mm, Okay, that is a big word. It is a big word, right? (laughs) I don't even use that one a lot. Nobody does. (laughs) Inform me, Dr. Shulsky. Okay, so you're you're talking then about the lessons that we were taught, right? Right. The emotions that are acceptable in our culture if you're a girl that are oftentimes different than if we're a boy. And for sure that impacts fathering. Right. That's exactly the issue, right? So we think of our emotions maybe as being these perfect ideals, like anger is what anger is for everyone and everyone's experience of anger is the same. But the reality is that all of us have a gender. Mm -hmm. Everyone has a gender experience. Where did we learn what it means, what it looks like to be that gender, right? Even if this is something that, you know, some people are are trying to unpack the idea of gender, some people are trying to understand it, but at a simple level, you grew up in a household with parents or caretakers that each of them had a gender experience and their, 
they lived that out and you watched that as a child. You saw what that looked like and that began to shape for you your core ideas of what it means to live as the gender that you have. And so those parents or caretakers, they related to us. Not only did we watch them and learn from what they did, but they related to us in certain ways that were rooted in their expectations of gender. So things like the kinds of toys that they bought for us, or maybe the color clothes that they bought for us, or, you know, how, um, you know, a lot of moms sort of paste that bow on the head of their baby girl, right? Mm -hmm. When the baby girl is bald and has no hair and they want to be very clear that everyone knows it's a girl. So they sort of glue that bow onto the hair, you know, or maybe they have different nicknames, you know, when parents are talking to their kids, right? And so there's this whole set of sort of feminine nicknames, you know, princess and sweetie, that they'll use for a daughter that are completely different from the nicknames that they'll use for their son, like, you know, bud or buddy or pal or whatever it is, even the ways that they play with us, the kinds of games that they play, the level of uh, aggressiveness that they play with all of those things were shaped by their expectations of gender. And most of the time, completely unconscious. They Mm -hmm. weren't thinking about it. Right. Right. And so even to springboard off of that, I think about the fact that unbeknownst to me, I don't remember my parents ever saying this to me, but it was like, girls do kitchen stuff. Right. And boys do what? You want to fill it in? Right. Tools, hammers. Tools. Right. Car stuff. outside stuff. Garage stuff. But I think of how much growth there has been, you know, since I'm, you know, heading into my late 50s here, is that it is different now. I see so much more openness to parents and fathers wanting to do things with their daughters that are out in the garage and moms inviting sons into baking or cooking. Right. I think we're becoming a lot more aware that some of those expectations were arbitrary and were not helpful. And that's really good. But for dads thinking about how they relate to their daughters, they need to check in to the reality of the gender expectations they were raised with and how that has shaped them. Because our culture, even if your family was very broad-minded and everyone was allowed to play with whatever they want to play with and there was none of that like specific you have this role and you can't do anything outside of it even if your family was that way our culture around us has these very clear expectations for boys and girls and they're they're very different and they they show up in in ways that we interact in moments of pain and crisis you know so a, a bunch of kids are playing sports on the on the field at school And a boy steps in a little hole and twists his ankle. And it's not uncommon, you know, that the the voices that that kid hears around him are, you know, suck it up, be a man, Mm -hmm. um, you know. Don't uh, be a sissy and cry. Right, right, exactly. If he's crying because he's hurting, maybe somebody's going to say, you know, you're a crybaby. You know, and even that, that one that we just mentioned, be a man, that's interesting when you think about what is being said there. Somebody's in pain, whether it's a boy or a mm-hmm, girl, mm-hmm. and someone's response to them when they start to express that pain is be a man. You know what? I'll even add, I've heard so many stories because, again, I've mentored girls for coming up on 40 years or counseled them. I hear a lot of those same things from daughters that their dads tell them, stop crying. Mm-hmm. You're being a baby. You're being too emotional. Right. And I think that's a great segue into just talking about how dads can be more sensitive to their daughter's complex wiring when it comes to emotions without putting on them, as you said, stereotypes of how they were raised in their home. Mm -hmm. So say more about dads and daughters. Like, how is this helpful to dads who are trying to connect with their daughters emotionally? 
Well, I, it's simply something dads need to be conscious of, right? If if a dad is interacting with a daughter, then that means fundamentally there's two different genders in the conversation. And those two <laughs> Dude, that's profound. <laughs> right? And those two different genders are having different experiences of the emotional content. Uh, and those experiences are based on these gender expectations. So so maybe dad's in a conversation, he's beginning to get overwhelmed by the emotions of his daughter. And the bigger the emotions are getting, the more uncomfortable he's becoming. And then he has this natural inclination to try and sort of tamp down on the emotions so that everything will feel okay again. What's he going to do? You know, he's going to uh -huh. say they're there. Don't cry. Uh, this is not a big deal. Calm down. And the longer the daughter is staying in this place of high emotional energy, maybe the more uncomfortable he is. And it's quite possible that one of the reasons he's feeling uncomfortable is because right in that moment, these gender expectations that maybe were placed on him as a child are in operation. And so uh, if the dad hasn't looked at this, if he hasn't thought about this, then he's not going to understand why he feels uncomfortable. And if we don't understand why we feel what we feel, then we can't make a change. We can't do anything about it. Which right. this is easier said than done, because in that moment where we're all triggered, you mm -hmm. know, we're right. getting triggered in the moment. I've had a lot of men tell me what gets activated for them when their daughters are having a meltdown or a freak out is this sense of I can't fix it. I can't mm -hmm. hold this much energy, emotional energy right now. And so I have found you can tell me your take on this, Mark, is that a lot of men then rise up and get louder, stronger to try to put the kibosh on that. But really, you're saying it's their own stuff that's getting activated. It's their own beliefs or kind of worldview of, wait, I'm the dad. I need to control this. You're the daughter. You need to bring this into control. Right. Well, there's there's a lot of complicated threads. You know, there's lots of factors. But one factor we want the dad to think about is, am I uncomfortable with this because of my expectation of how I'm supposed to be as a man? Like maybe what my daughter needs right now, instead of me powering up, Maybe what she needs is for me to come in compassionately and put my arms around her. But maybe as a dad, I'm uncomfortable with that because that starts to feel like, oh, am I not being as manly as I should be mm. in this situation, right? That might be a deeply embedded reality for him from how he was raised or how his father was right. if his father was distant, right? And so he's feeling uncomfortable when he needs to just let that go, right? All humans have emotions. All humans can feel compassion and express empathy. Empathy is not a gender-specific experience. Exactly. But a dad with a background of strong gender uh, expectations on his emotions, he's going to feel a lot of discomfort if he's being asked to enter into some of those softer emotions yes. that maybe we think of as feminine. Yeah. Well, if you're just joining us, I'm talking with Mark Allen Shelsky. And today the title of this interview is The Impact of Gender on the Messages We Receive About Emotions. Mark, I would like to put you on the spot for a minute. You're talking about dads going to that softer place, yeah. as you called it, more the compassionate, put your arms around, you know, your your child. And you have a daughter that's almost a teenager. Mm -hmm. Woohoo! That's right. That's, that's aging you there, my friend. Yeah, yeah. How have you put that into practice? Because you're talking about this is the chapter you wish you would have written. Mm -hmm. How has this concept of understanding your gender, how that shaped you, how has that impacted the way you've even I'll say changed yeah. how you respond to your daughter. Well, it's it's very tough because in the moment, like you said, you get triggered and you're not thinking about these things. But what I have noticed is how deeply my own experience of my dad shapes my emotional responses. And so when my daughter, who is definitely in that place where her emotions are all over the place and they're very big and oftentimes they're unexpected – you know, that my inner reaction is 
to clamp down and to get everything to calm down and to sort of telegraph this is not a problem. It's okay, you know. Uh, uh-huh. You know, and that's that is all. That's how my dad related to the world. You know, when my dad got angry, he got cold and he got silent. Mm-hmm. He wasn't expressive emotionally. You know, and of course, growing up in that, that shapes this picture that I have of, oh, well, that that's what a responsible man looks like. What was the impact at the time for you as a kid when your dad would do that? So that was your normal. Right. Well, I don't recall. Right. My dad died when I was pretty young, Mm -hmm. when I was 11. And so I don't have a lot of first person emotional memories of interacting with him. Mm -hmm. But I know looking back, having done this work as an adult, that when I've talked with my mom about how my dad was that describes in many ways the way I have behaved, Mm -hmm. right? And so there's a direct connection there. How did that shape me? Well, clearly it did. So some of what you're saying then, Mark, is being aware of your own story allows you to then come to your daughter with more awareness of your default, let's call it that, right? to do the same thing as your dad did, but you're purposing to respond to her different than the hand you were dealt, I guess we could say. Right, yeah, and that's what the whole point of awareness is, right? To be able to say, oh, is this one of the things that's affecting me right now? Am I trying to put an expectation on my daughter that isn't really connected to her, but is more connected to this expectation that I'm comfortable with? Mm -hmm. And I'm going to step away from that. Even if I'm a little bit uncomfortable, you know, what I need to do is not put limits on what kind of emotions are acceptable for her to experience. Okay, say that one more time. That is so good. <laughs> well, I, you know, our culture has sort of defined some emotions as masculine and some as feminine, right? So it's acceptable for a man to, in a professional context, be angry. Right. Right. And sometimes that even gets him more credibility because then he's seen as powerful or decisive or passionate. In the exact same circumstance, a woman who expresses that kind of anger is not given more credibility, right? She's called bad names. She's seen Uh as crazy or unstable or someone will say, well, is it her time of the month, right? Mm -hmm. No one would ever say that about a man. The man, he's being a strong leader by expressing that level of passion. The woman is somehow being weak, right? So that's a cultural picture of of an emotion that's okay for men, but not okay for women. Well, we can't put that on our daughters, right? Uh Everyone gets to feel angry. Yes. Anger is a human emotion. You're not crazy or unstable for feeling anger. Uh-huh. You just need to learn how to express it and be with it in a responsible way. So how can a dad then respond to that? If he's getting triggered, is it best that he take a time out for himself, <laughs> get away for maybe, just so he catches his breath before he goes back in or what? Maybe. That's a tool I use all the time. Um, oh, I, I, I think I think one of the things is that um, it's very important for a dad just to be a witness to his daughter's emotion. Set aside that int- that that um, intuition that you have to fix the problem, that you have to solve the thing that's causing her to feel the emotion. Just be a witness to it. Don't be a gatekeeper of her yeah. emotions, telling her what's okay for her to feel. Uh, just be present, right? I see this. I hear you. I see that this feels very powerful to you. Help me understand where you're coming from. Oh, that's so good. Well, you know, I end every show with a practical, action-oriented go step, And I know you've thought of three concrete things that dads can do if they want to connect with their daughter emotionally in a better way. How about you wrap this time up by giving us those three things? Okay, well, we've just touched on them. The first one is be aware of the possibility that gender expectations are influencing how you feel and what you are expecting of your daughter. Just be conscious of that. Good. Number two. Number two, um, be conscious of the way our culture tells women how is appropriate for them to express their emotions? Be conscious of that and don't uh, create that in your family. 
So right? Good. Make sure your daughter knows her emotions are valuable. Her emotions are real. That you God gave her that those God emotions. Gave her those, yeah. Right? We can learn how to handle them. And then the third thing is, is, is to reframe it with her, right? To be able to teach her, to show her from your own learning that your emotions are a gift from God and that if you can learn what emotions mean and how to process them, you can actually find wisdom. And so then all of that overwhelm uh, can can be set aside, you know, that emotions are going to flood in like a wave and mm-hmm. they're going to flood out like a wave. But there's content there that you need to understand about what's going on in your life. If you're, if you're feeling angry, that's because you're feeling violated. Okay, let's talk about that. Let's talk yeah. about what is the violation. Yeah. So you want, you want to help her reframe the idea that not that emotions are bad or unacceptable, but that they're something we need to look at and learn from. Oh, I love that. I've been talking with Mark Allen Shelsky today, the impact of gender on the messages we receive about emotions. And between today and next week, I would encourage you to put Mark's challenges into action with your daughters by being aware of the messages that you're giving her as a dad about her emotions as a girl, as a woman, while she's processing them and learning to positively reframe her emotions as a good gift from God. Amen, Mark? Amen, that's right. And if people want to get a hold of you, how can they find you and um, your book? Uh, well, I'm. you can find everything about me at my website, markhelenshelsky.com. Uh, the book, The Wisdom of Your Heart, is on Amazon. It's on all the places where books are sold. And the audiobook is now on Audible. Oh, awesome. You put a lot of hard work into that, so we want people to find it. Well, as always, you can go to my website at drmichellewatson.com and find more resources there. There's a link to Amazon where you can find my book in print or on Audible as well. Dad, here's what I really need from you, a guide for connecting with your daughter's heart. You can also go to iTunes and listen to the Dad Whisper podcast there anytime. Well, this wraps up another week's program. It's been great to be with you all. I'm Dr. Michelle Watson, the Dad Whisperer, signing off and encouraging you to make today a day where you intentionally and consistently invest in pursuing your daughter's hearts. Go Dads!